Hello everyone, this is Lau. And this is Sohan and welcome to episode 2. Um, this episode is a little bit less full on, I would say. That that would be my introduction to this For sure, actually. I mean we started pretty heavy. Um, but today it's all about us and our story about how we pretty much got here. Yeah, because we started a bit about like, you know, what our passions were about and now we just thought we'd give you a little bit what we're about. I'm going to be interviewing Sohan and I'm going to ask her a few questions that she actually doesn't know, um, which should not make her nervous. Suspense. <laughs> so, Sohan, please tell us your story. How did you end up here in Australia and where are you originally from? Okay, so how did I get into Australia? That is a little bit of a long-winded one. Um, jumped a little bit around when I was little um, and then eventually ended up here. So I guess where I started is I was born in East Africa, Nairobi, the capital of Kenya. And it's a really beautiful place. If any of you guys are ever like interested in traveling, highly, highly recommend. Lovely place. Um, just be sure to check out whether it is safe to travel at that time. So that's technically why we left. Um, not a safe country to live in. At, uh, at the time I'm not sure if it's changed now so we were supposed to move straight to Australia but um, a few different issues ended up happening and we ended up living in India for four and a half years in the south of the subcontinent um, in a city called Bangalore which happens to be the IT capital of the world so it is quite a bit of a stem influenced city mm. but I would not have known that at the age of six so definitely had no influence in what I chose to uh, become Mm. But yeah, four and a half years spent there and ended up in Australia um, after that. Nice, nice. When you say that it was a dangerous place, what do you mean by dangerous? Would you like um, giving us a little bit of background history in why Nairobi was a dangerous place to be? I mean, just as um, from the little that I know, I don't know too much. I know that there was uh, unrest um, with neighboring countries and some general civil unrest um, at the time mm -hmm. and I think uh, then the 90s late 90s there was also a bomb blast that happened at one of the town centers or something had a few different family members that were held at gunpoint or shot oh at. wow that's I'm so sorry that's yeah that's okay um, yeah so it's just you know different places have different things going on and that was what Nairobi had at the time so yep. we just had to move um, yeah in the interest of the safety of our family at least we were lucky to be able to move I'm sure a lot of people mm. would have wanted to and couldn't but yeah. yeah that's pretty much my story on getting to Australia oh my god thank yeah. you so much for sharing that Sohan I want to know a little bit more about what was growing up in India like um, and how was for you as a, I guess, child, um, how did these moves impacted you in your like development as a person, like personality wise? Because uh, sometimes these type of changes can really um, influence positively or negatively in like our personality as children, you know? I mean, changing um, continents, uh, let alone cities, has a big, I suppose, culture shock you know, mm. when you're a child. So moving from Nairobi to India was, in essence, a bit of a culture shock. Um, took a bit of getting used to, I think. I probably took it a little bit harder because no one actually told me we weren't going back to Nairobi. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I thought we were going for a holiday. That Is that right? Yeah, what literally. <laughs> so you found that and you were like, At Bombay oh, okay. Airport, my sister was like, you realize we're never going back, right? And I was like, what? <laughs> and then <laughs> they just sunk in. Oh my God. Yeah, and so I took it a bit too much i think uh, i 
got really sick after that and yeah. for the four years I was just sick on and off I think so. I think like sick, like where you sad, or was it actually like sickness? I think it started from the sadness, but it ended up becoming like a tonsillitis issue that just ended up being. So your body was manifesting your emotions. Pretty much. Pretty much. So a bit, a bit too um, seriously taken by a (laughs) six-year-old. Well, I mean, you were six years old, and you were just like told that you were going to change. Yeah, I, I don't know why. I thought we were just going to go for a holiday, given that they were probably packing up everything. It doesn't make sense. But, you know, I don't remember too much from that time, as I'm sure... Oblivious, do you? Yeah. <laughs> it's all right. I'm sure you don't have that memory, that many memories from your six-year-old I don't times. actually... I, like, really... I find that fascinating when people are, like, sharing stories about their childhood, because I feel like I have selective memory. Yeah. Like, I've selected a few memories to just like you know Live be off. present pretty much yeah <laughs> so, and the rest yeah. was just a blur <laughs> yeah, exactly I was born yesterday <laughs> it's hard to actually remember what I did last week bro <laughs> I'm kidding I'm kidding um yeah but um yeah so other than the culture shocks I think it was probably also different because gone from like you know living in a with a lot of family and friends quite a bit of a social environment mm. in Nairobi because I had two generations of family living there to to living in Bangalore with um not that much family I think mm. we were so there was a bit of having that setting up a new life um it was fun it was absolutely amazing I will say that it was a good city it's at, I would think it's the best in India but you know I haven't traveled too much maybe a bit of bias there <laughs> but it's lovely um it's a lot bigger now uh, than what I remember but it's people were great and it was um a familiar culture so mm. i think that definitely had a part to play in how comfortable and easygoing mm. we felt funny fact i was mm. very ignorant and always thought that there was like one language across india which is so ignorant happy to have changed that now but yeah when we moved to the south i thought i would be fine and everyone would speak the same language but they spoke no not a single word wow. of the language we speak. i actually didn't know that so i'm an ignorant too because mm. i literally just uh, found out about that wow that's so interesting oh my god yeah. so you actually so, had yeah, to learn a different language it. i mean not really no uh because it is quite um similar no, there's a big focus on like education there. So I think English was common with a lot of people. Um, probably, I, I mean, I suppose I could have, but I was little and we weren't really studying at a local school. So it was something that called an international school where like kids from all different parts of the world were studying. So we didn't get to learn the, na- the traditional language mm-hmm. of the state. So that's a bit of, I suppose, ignorance again on, on our part. But, you know... It, it, as is classic with those schools who were teaching like one foreign language and mm. English mostly. Right, right. Yeah. So would you say that English is your first language sort of? I would say so. I think it was the first language I was taught even in Kenya. And oh, okay. uh, yeah, even in India, that was most of the focus. So. Um, and how many languages do you speak now? Um, I suppose we could probably say four, but three of That's them are very amazing. similar. No, three of them are really, really similar. Don't. Um, just take it take the credit take the compliment that's incredible <laughs> i don't know people who say they're different but like it's hindi punjabi and um i suppose urdu which mm. largely come from the region of punjab so that's where my um heritage is from my grandparents were from there they had just moved to africa in mm. the 40s or whatever but um yeah so that's because it's um on the border of like india pakistan 
so there's a bit of a culture from india and from pakistan so there's like the hindi and the urdu but then punjabi is like native to that state so wow. that's where that comes from i do not remember much of kiswahili which is the language in nairobi um i can understand a little bit if i listen to it but it's sort of the language people at home will speak if they don't want me to know what they're talking about oh really <laughs> yeah. that's that's so funny it's funny yeah <laughs> i mean as far as it works uh yeah so that's pretty much it wow amazing amazing story amazing background you are actually very like i love it because you like so diverse there's like so many places that you're being and so many cultures that you have been exposed to and that you have actually introduced me to you your background is quite um incredible to be honest oh to me it was so exotic and i don't mean this in a racist way by the way because i hate that comment when people say it to me i'm like fuck off <laughs> i'm being serious sometimes it's so it's like it, i know you can make you feel like you're like out of this planet but i actually thought so when i met you i was like amazing like So, um, Token and I met at a Christmas party at the old place I used to work at, <clears throat> and we hit it off. <laughs> pretty much straight away, I think. Yeah, we got along really well, and, and now we're here doing a podcast for you all. <laughs> so, amazing. So, Sohan, um, you went to uni here in Australia. Please tell us about you, I guess. How was high school in, in, in Australia as an international people of color lol <laughs> like you know what i mean like was it different did you did you face bully i feel like high school is such a place where you get bullied for pretty much anything or everything yeah i it, i definitely yeah that could be other people's experience but thankfully i think i've um never really had that experience here um people were really generally quite nice Mm. Um, How was like diversity in the classroom? There was a lot of yeah, your Caucasian Australian um, people at school, but then there was also a big um, population of Vietnamese children. Okay, who were at school, and um, so that was probably the two majorities. Mm. And then there was a few uh, people from like um, the islands nearby, like Samoa, Torres Strait Islands, and like Tonga. Mm -hmm. That sort of um, population as well, and then very minor southeast asian brown sort of mm. yeah so i think that's probably different now at the school but that was it at the time that i was there and uh yeah generally people were quite friendly and quite nice and i was more the studious type <laughs> more, right? more to the indian uh, stereotype i guess but yeah i spent a lot of my time doing that so perhaps i was a little bit oblivious as well in essence um yeah so spent high school like that i guess studying Were you More like a party often. animal? No, I'm joking. <laughs> you just pretty what much. What are people doing in high school? What do you mean? Oh my god, guys! I'm so glad that we have this oh, recorded. Shit. She just said, "No, I'm kidding. no bro, you what do you mean? I partied when I was in high school." Bro, I want to hear about this. Yeah, of course you can ask me. Oh this is god. amazing. I was like home to school, school to home. Are you joking? That's Did you do it. any extracurricular activities apart no. from? No. <laughs> <laughs> Did you play any sport in Bangalore? A lot. I used to play whatever it was like you know like we played a lot of basketball we played cricket we played a tiny bit of football but in in forest lake i mean australia that kind of just dropped off you know basketball was something i was really passionate about and then that wasn't really offered at the schools here yeah so i just played the sport that they would in hpe class and then nothing else really 
What's uh, HPE for people that don't know the acronym? Health and Physical Education. Thank you very much, acronym queen. (laughs) (laughs) Predominant um, sports class taught in schools here. Um, Mm. I only picked up more into sport, well, running and physical activity more towards the end of school. So Mm -hmm. that was, yeah, didn't have opportunity to try that at school. No. Wow, interesting, because Australia is like a country that focuses on... Oh, it focuses. I didn't focus. (laughs) (laughs) My focus was in the books. (laughs) Nice, nice. No wonder why you're such an intelligent woman. I I mean, I wish I had availed that. I think um, grade 12, I'd gotten um, to be trained under one of the HPE teachers there. And he was the most incredible um, teacher I've ever come across. He was teaching, um, he used to be a professional sprinter. So he was like training a few of the teachers just really after hours at school mm. uh, for their benefit, like free of charge. What a nice guy. But um, Beautiful. That's yeah. what you want. <laughs> so I ended up joining because I was like, yeah, why not? And it led to like three, three years, I think, of some of the most intense and incredible physical training years of my life like literally it is so amazing mm-hmm. like we were learning 100 meters and 400 meters of sprinting wow yeah and it was i have never trained that hard in my life and haven't still um and it was so incredible so i think definitely there's a bit of regret um going back that i wish i had discovered that earlier on because mm. i would have loved to have competed or like done something with that it was such a fun thing to be doing yeah part of that like i always thought um that i might get into like physiotherapy uh, instead of engineering because I'd started studying engineering at the time and I thought that it probably like wasn't for me why why did you feel it wasn't for um, you um first year engineering was full-on right <laughs> literally they put you in all these electives if you don't know what you're doing mm. and you try a, like a few different ones it is like a roller coaster honestly you can go from like programming uh circuit boards to like oh yeah um, okay uh, moving items and I'm not good with anything moving I'm more like into like civils as mm. you know we studied civil engineering both of us and you're studying well sorry. I'm finishing my yeah degree. exactly yeah. and um, yeah so that was definitely something I determined I was more comfortable with towards the end of the year so the whole first year was quite a bit of like an experience in that like we could probably talk about that more definitely um, yeah so I thought I was going to leave it um, but then I think when second year happened I ended up meeting the most incredible people um, oh, nice. and got an amazing culture of um friendships and studying and the content like i i I finally decided what i'd be doing so i did civil engineering and it just got so interesting and not to say it wasn't interesting before but it was (laughs) more in my line of interesting so then i ended up staying in the physiotherapy degree and just kind of got shelved nice so what year did you finish your engineering degree 2018 Mm -hmm. um yeah so it's and yeah. then you started working straight away or did you do like work experience before or? a requirement of the degree is that you do have to do some sort of work experience before mm-hmm. you can graduate mm. so i had um, done my vacation program in perth mm-hmm. yeah and how I, was living in perth oh it was incredible oh wow i've <laughs> never been such to perth. a beautiful oh, we have to go sometime like mm-hmm. i'm not even kidding it is so beautiful it's very different to the entire east coast of australia i think um the beaches are in my own personal opinion, I think much better. Of Massive statement, bro. I love Queensland. I'm I not love even Queensland joking. too, but the beaches in Perth, I was shocked. I was so like amazed. It was really, honestly, the, the work experience was like a breeze. I spent most of it just planning holidays, but it was really lovely. 
I'm glad. I'm glad you had that experience of planning holidays. <laughs> oh, okay. And then started working after that. After um, my engineering degree was done, ended up pretty much working since then. What do you think was like the biggest difference um, from studying engineering to actually working in the engineering industry? I think the university I was studying at that is a lot more theoretical focused rather than practical focused. So in terms of working, there is a lot more in terms of like software and application that wasn't really covered at university. But if I look back to it, the field I'm in now, if I compare those subjects, the fundamentals were exactly what I would need now. Yeah, so like they laid out a good foundation and everything else just becomes a matter of learning the latest software or learning um, how to apply that in essence. When I joined civil engineering, I didn't know that there were going to be so many different choices to make. I thought that was the last decision I would have to make. (laughs) And then you go in and they tell you there's like... All these at least yeah. five mm. sub-disciplines mm-hmm. and you have to choose between them so they it's an element of setting up the foundation for each one mm-hmm. because you're not going to know which one you're going to end up working in so i'd say yeah, until you try it yeah exactly so a general amount um of what i learned if i'm not working in those fields i don't need that information anymore mm-hmm. but it does help in terms of understanding how different um parts of the built environment work with each other yeah 100% in a holistic perspective I guess exactly yeah, to see the exactly. bigger picture at the end yeah. okay cool 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 so Sohan you're a civil engineer and you have a master's in fire but you're currently working in the surface water flooding team so I want to know I, I genuinely want to know how was that all about like do you love water now you change your element like entirely um yeah it's quite a shift it's polar opposites almost in um some aspects so i was studying a master's in fire safety engineering but at the time when i was finishing it up some uh, issues happened at the workplace and they ended up saying that look i could move um cities and stay in the same field or i could continue to live in brisbane Mm -hmm and uh, work in any other part of the company. So um, at the time, it wasn't really conducive for me to be moving. Mm-hmm. So I chose the option of staying back and then ended up working in the flooding space, which worked out really well because mm-hmm. um, it is definitely one of the other subjects I was really passionate about mm-hmm. in um, at, at university. And water being such a big topic and um, point of influence now, it definitely mm. in terms of like sustainability, a, a, a resource that is so scarce now, it's a hot topic almost. Yeah, yeah, but that and sustainability yeah. is like exactly. So warming. it's become such an important aspect that I feel like I am really making a difference, and it's it's a great field to be a part of. Oh, yeah. beautiful! That's not to beautiful. say fire is not, but I, I'm quite loving the water space as well. That's that's actually really good. I'm happy that it really worked out for you in the end because, Thank you. yeah, awesome. Now, as you said just then you really feel that satisfaction from working in water because you can contribute to people or like at least to the environment i guess we could say it that way so why did you choose engineering you said that you were interested in physiotherapy um you didn't end up pursuing that but what made you pick engineering above everything else i guess i wish i had like a more like you know self-development or um impact for the world story here but it really isn't well, we're just normal people. We are just the atypical engineers. So there's no need. Leaving grade 12 is like, what am I going to do with the life, my life situation, right? So I had no idea and uh, took a lot of um, 
advice on board from people around me and basically based on the subjects I was doing at the time everyone sort of just hinted at or suggested like oh you'd be looking at engineering right and I other than watching mega structures on National Geographic channel mm-hmm. great show um, <laughs> okay watch it people I not no- sponsored by them though <laughs> I had no idea what engineering was sort of a gonna encompass like literally probably just thought oh bridge is cool yeah yeah funny that was it and so i was like okay i'll give it a shot and i think a shot is all i was thinking of giving it and it ended up being a pretty good shot okay so so we both are young um professionals but um i'm really interested to know if throughout time you have faced any challenges or any situations that have shaped you or like your personality or like the person that you are? Wow, Um, (laughs) that's a bit of a heavy question. Um, I suppose a bit of a, how would you say, zen sort of answer to that would be every single um, action or reaction or event in my life has probably shaped me to be the the way that I am. If you could probably break that down. Um, I'm the youngest of four siblings, so there is an element of having a lot of people around you that are older that allows you to be a bit more carefree i think so that forms a very large part of my personality and um having done you know moved from different places i think that's given me um an essence of wanting to be an explorer and a traveler and that comes from that aspect i would probably say um definitely going through university and the 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 very um confronting experience it can be in terms of you're exposed to new thought processes and people and cultures and people from all over the world um i think that definitely has made me into the more curious and questioning um sort of personality trait that i probably have now so i'm like not ready to accept everything that i just hear nice i like that (laughs) i love that about you actually so in terms of that so a lot of um questioning where things come from why people think the way that they do curiosity yeah and into like philosophy and all that so definitely a big part of the cultural upbringing that i have as a very orthodox indian um that definitely brings a lot of um spirituality or a spiritual tone to a lot of the thought processes that i might be having Mm -hmm. so interest in philosophy and why the world is the way it is that sort of thing so i think these few things if we can say three to four things they're they're probably the major foundations wow thank you if you were to give yourself some advice to your past self what would it be and or maybe like some advice that you you want to share to other people it can be related to their career or just like personal life experience sort of i think it would be learn to say no to the outside perception of you so whatever it is that people might advise you or, or think that you need to do, that comes from their own understanding of whoever they think you are. And I think what I would definitely say to my past self and definitely going forward as well is try to learn who you are and what you want to do and follow that to a T so that like you know that that is your path that you've gone through and made every decision that you possibly could to become you, not people's version of you. Massive that that actually i can i wish i could clap i'm gonna fucking put that audio of people clapping right now on top of my voice 
<laughs> that was brilliant. Thank you so much for sharing that. Thank Thanks you so much. questions and hope we're done. <laughs> yes. Thank you very much, Sokhan. And thank you everyone for listening and tuning in with us. Uh, it was definitely something that we really wanted to share with you. That was us and we'll see you next time, guys. See you later. Bye.